those people infected or suspect to be infected lost their basic right and freedoms. So you hear about screaming at the balcony of apartment buildings. Inside the draconian lockdowns in Shanghai. They want to control everything. They want not only control resources, they want to control the behavior of the people. They also want to control the mind, they control people's thoughts. Today I take a look at one of the largest grassroots movements in the world, one that hasn't gotten nearly enough attention. For the past two decades, millions of Chinese have been quietly renouncing their affiliation to China's Communist Party and its affiliate organizations. The movement, called Tuidang, or Quitting the CCP, has recorded nearly 400 million such renunciations. Today, I sit down with Dr. Sen Nye, Vice President of the Global Service Center for Quitting the Chinese Communist Party. He's also a professor at the Catholic University of America. Primarily about how Chinese people try to break out the boundaries from communism. This is American Thought Leaders, and I'm Yanya Kelik. Dr. Senya, such a pleasure to have you on American Thought Leaders. Well, it's, it's my great uh, pleasure and honor to be invited to join your program. Dr. Nia, I've wanted to do this interview for some time. You are the vice president of the Global Service Center to quit the Communist Party, quit the Chinese Communist Party, um, where almost 400 million people now have actually volitionally decided to quit the party. And there's a whole incredible story there to be told, which we're going to do today. Because of your work, um, right now, everybody wants to know about the realities of these lockdowns in Shanghai and Shenzhen and other, I mean, huge number of the population of China right now. You and the organization have your ear to the ground in China. What are you seeing over there? Well, yes, uh, about the Tuidang movements, it's based on the Chinese people who who learned about the, the facts and truths about CCP and the crimes and what have they done to Chinese cultures and people and families. Okay, they've been brainwashed for decades. They may not know about it. Okay, once they know about it, I think most of them want to withdraw from the organization. They don't want to be part of that. The things happening uh, uh, recently, like uh, the pandemic, COVID-19 pandemic in Shanghai, in Shenzhen, in Beijing, Changchun, and Guangzhou, as many places, it's, it's the time for Chinese really experience firsthand, uh, like the lockdown in Shanghai. Uh, there are many people realize that the communist leaders only worry about this political stability, okay, and they they turn the pandemic into a political task to maintain the stability of uh, of the city, so they can uh, hold on to the power, but not really the benefit of the residents in Shanghai was 26 million people there. And we'll go through all of the details of how the Quit the CCP Center works, um, what it actually does, what does it mean that 400 million people have actually quit. But I guess, I guess what we really want to know right now, what a lot of people are asking me is, what's really happening there? I mean... Uh, this lockdown in Shanghai is uh, in Chinese terminology from the top is zero tolerance. Mm. Zero tolerance of COVID-19. It means that they don't want COVID-19 in Shanghai, in China, in any place. But how they do that, it's a, uh, they have a long history of communists doing things. 
there was the old times when they talk about zero tolerance of sparrows, the bird, okay, which caused damage to the agricultural crops uh, in, in the late 50s. Zero tolerance of swine flu, okay, those pigs with virus, and then zero tolerance of the avian flu, and this time zero tolerance of COVID-19. But unfortunately, this time the, the carrier is human beings, those people infected, okay, those people suspect to be infected, they have a zero tolerance of that. So they want they to be out, okay, uh, to be quarantined, locked down, or to be removed from the city so that the city is clean with uh, no COVID-19. So you're basically saying that this exact same terminology um, zero tolerance that's being used right now for COVID-19 is the same that was used in the 50s during the Great Leap Forward, for example? Uh, yes, that's my observation, is that they follow the same philosophy of communist ruling. Okay, when they don't want something, they don't tolerate that, zero tolerance of this and that. And so they happens many times in the past, okay, the way they handle that. This time happened to be COVID-19. So they will lock down, lock down the people or relocate the people from the city to contain the virus. Unfortunately, the, this time the, those people affected or infected or suspect to be infected lost their basic right and freedoms. So you, you hear about screaming at the balcony of apartment buildings. So one after another need food or need medicines. Okay, so this is, um you know, kind of the extreme version of what we know of as lockdowns, which are also implemented in many places in the West. Now, the thing about this is you, uh, there's actually people being also removed from the cities or put the people that actually test positive are being put in quarantine. Tell me about that a little bit. Well, it's, um, <clears throat> yeah, for the, the Shanghai cities, and they cannot tolerance to have the infected people and in Shanghai city, so, so some of the people being relocated to nearby province or the cities so that they can claim zero, okay, infected in Shanghai. That, that's a very strange uh, philosophy, but that Shanghai is recognized more than other places in China to protect. So those they call troublemakers, they re relocate them to other places. It's no longer problems of Shanghai. I don't know how many people die of uh, COVID-19, but I do know there's possibly a lot of people die of secondary treatments like lockdown, quarantines, forced for things, a lack of med medical cares of regular patients. But as long as to the leaders of the communists, if there's nobody or very few people die of COVID-19, then he's good. If people die of non-COVID things, that's secondary. That's the, the, I think that's the mentality of that. Many times, they, it's not they care about the welfare of the people, citizens or residents in the city or in the community. You can see the uh, Sun Chunlai, who, who is the, the vice premier of CCP, she went to Shanghai and, uh, and 
told the leaders of the Shanghai Communist Party, you have to do this and that. Then she returns to the city again to make sure they follow the central orders to keep uh, control the pandemic, keep the zero tolerance of the COVID-19. Okay. And she's not saying that, okay, take care of the people. She just uh, fight against the, com the, the COVID-19. And the people may get benefit or may get suffered. Why don't we dive into this? Um, you know, as we speak, um, there are tens of thousands of people a day that are quitting the Chinese Communist Party. And this is just something that's not, I think, generally known, certainly in the U.S., in the West. First of all, how did this start? Tuidang is Chinese characters, which is short of Tuichu Gong Chandang, means withdrawal from Communist Party. So Tuidang, the first and last words, is the withdrawal from Communist Party in China and its affiliates. Not only in the party, the Communist Youth League, the Communist Young Pioneer, there are three organizations people are associated with or they, they have been associated with in the past. Then cutting the tie with the three organizations is called Tui Dang. It's really a very quiet phenomenon, particularly for the individual's uh, identity and safety concern. So it's not something uh, is designed for the for the Western journalists, the scholars, that uh, uh, it's, it's different from the, some better known Chinese dissidents' manifestos or call for change, like student demonstration in Tiananmen Square, that the Western know about. The trade-on movement is a, is a grassroots, nonviolent, quiet phenomenon happening in China. It is primarily it's a, it's the individual choice that they don't, they don't want to associate with, identify with CCP affiliates anymore. So there's, of course, a, a tight connection with the Epoch Times, the Chinese edition of the Epoch Times, uh, you know, uh, published the nine commentaries on the Communist Party, which is actually the book or the series of essays that were put into a book that basically were spurned the beginnings of this, as you call, Tuidang Center or Quit the Communist Party Center. So tell me about that. Yes, uh, that night commentary, is, uh, it's the, the book of truth that uh, talk about what is Communist Party, what is the nature of Communist Party, how much they have done to the Chinese cultures, kill Chinese people, Chinese family, uh, and the ecosystems, all this of that. and. One of the very nature's conclusion is that this is violent, deceptive, and evil organizations, and it's gonna have dooms to fail, collapse. And so that night commentary, millions and millions of copies get into China. People read with surprise, with shocks, and also the uh, Chinese uh, overseas, Chinese abroad. So it's uh, very nature, some of them say, oh, this thing's to the darkness, the crimes, I don't want to be part of that. Mm -hmm. So they send the statements to uh, the, the Epoch of Time, and then say they want to be out. Then one after another, another. So we set up the um, a special website to help them to post publicly they want to be out. Typically, this is called trade-down statements, withdrawal statements. It involves the name, the time, 
the locations, general location of the regions, and the reason of their withdrawal, and which organizations they want to withdraw from. And the reason typically can be um, uh, the frustration they, they have, or the sad story of their uh, suffering under communism, or some of them even seek for the forgiveness that they have done something wrong in the past, they will not do that again. So all these kind of uh, statements uh, with different contents just flying in. So there was the, the global service centers to help them to post the statements to count that. And the number go from hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, millions. And by today's, in the past 17 years, it's about 394 millions. The population is larger than our country. It's kind of hard to imagine, for, first of all, you know, that many people, because that translates to it. The moment, it's some tens of thousands of people actually quitting every day. So, there, you know, like, there must be an infrastructure to, to helping facilitate that. And there's this, you know, one website where all of these things get put on. And, you know, are they quitting with their name? Or are they, because you said it's a quiet movement, so that would be a yes. pretty big statement. Yes. Right? There are, some of them uh, quit with their real name, real locations uh, to put on the statements uh, on the website. But many of them use their nicknames, alias, uh, to protect their identity, their safety, to prevent the retaliation from the Communist Party. So in the past 17 years, all these statements are in the, on the website. For people who withdraw in the past, he can always review his statements. He know which exact statement is his or hers. So in this case, he seek for the regain their conscious and uh, uh, traditional values. Well, okay. So this is I, I want to touch on this. Actually, this is very interesting because you know people imagine right, or and I think most people would imagine that doing something like quitting the Communist Party is a strong political statement. But what you're describing here is almost like some sort of like a spiritual cleansing or something in this realm. Like, t what, what do you think? Yes, Tui uh, Dang is an individual choice, the free choice of their heart. Uh, the participants, they don't know each other. They don't want to be known by others because of retaliations, their safety. So they are not people who know each other, form a group, and have some common thoughts. They are just individual choice. So it is, a, yes, Communist Party is a political organization. Okay, we throw that from that. It's not necessarily a political movement. movement. It's really responsible for individuals' inner peace. The moral awakening things to individual inner self. But the number of accumulate more and more, there's almost 400,000, 400 millions right now. The, the, the choice of people, of this 400 million people, collectively means a lot mm -hmm. to Chinese, to China, and to the world, too. We don't want communism. Right. Well, okay, so this is, I mean, incredibly fascinating, right? Because it's not, doesn't fit in nicely into any kind of box, I think, typically that, that we think of in the West. At least that, that, that's, that's, that's what strikes me here. Now, what is the cost if someone is known to have quit the Communist Party? What is, is there a cost to that? Yeah, 
um, uh, because uh, there are many common names like uh, large for last name Li, Wang, Zhang, uh, all these are large names, uh, family names. So there are many people with common first names too. So uh, it is not surprising you see two Chinese people with the same name and or use the nickname. Okay, Li Wang, the old Zhang, this kind of things. Uh, it's very difficult for the ruling communists to trace that who they are in a big city or in the big regions. So it's um, uh, in this way they protect their identity, but they know that statement is his or hers. Mm -hmm. In this totalitarian system in China, try to control everything, this is sort of the wisdom of Chinese to do something but without to minimize the, 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 the retaliation, okay? But when people make a choice to do that, they, most of them feel that's, there's a risk. Even use the nickname, there can be some risk. So they make a brave state, step forward, say no more communism, I want to be out. That means a lot to individual Chinese and to the whole race, yeah. So, so the so trade-on movements, it's a, there's nothing similar in the West or in the past. It's more like a Chinese version of a civil rights movements uh, in 60s, uh, 50s, 60s of Martin Luther King Jr.'s movement. Or it's similar to the Mohammed Gandhi's uh, non-violence movement in India. In a sense, it's, it's similar to the uh, Moses bringing the Hebrews out of uh, the bondage from Egyptians uh, about 33 years ago, the, the big exodus, okay, across the Red Sea. This is a Chinese uh, contemporary versions of exodus from the bondage of communism. What is the cost of, for example, being found with uh, nine commentaries on a communist party? Uh, well, it's, um, it's, the, the consequence is very serious. Anybody found that was holding the bug will go to the jails for a few years, naturally. So the consequence is very high. So people try to use their uh, the wisdoms to spread uh, the contents of night commentaries. They may pass along the whole book or they may break into nine chapters and pass along one chapter each. So the risk is... Uh, uh, it's serious. The understanding of the, the volunteers like Trading Center and all others, we try to keep low profile as low key as possible to protect the participants mm -hmm. and the volunteers. Mm -hmm. So t tell us a little bit about the service, the Global Service Center. Is it, you know, like, for example, I can imagine uh, Chinese Communist Party propaganda that would say, well, this is some sort of foreign movement to you know, destabilize China or something like that. Um, what would you say to that? Yeah, uh, the, the trade-on center is called Global Service Center to, for quitting the Communist Party. So we provide the service. We are not really lead the movement. The, the Chinese people lead the movement. We provide the service for them to Primarily, it's two services. One is uh, to help them know more about the communists, which was is primarily the the content of night commentary 
and what's happening right now, including the pandemic. Uh, for that case, uh, particularly for people who uh, had a chance to come outside China, one thing they like to know is not about their own country. Like if you have a chance to go to the outside, you have no interest to know about America because you, you are here, you know everything. But this is not the mentality of Chinese. Chinese people, they know they've been brainwashed, but they don't know how being brainwashed. So once they have a chance to access to the free information or come out to come outside China, they like to learn more about their own countries, their own phenomena. You see, uh, uh, CCP is a totalitarian system. They want to control everything. They want not only control resources, they want to control the behavior of the people. They also want to control the mind. They control people's thoughts. So they, through the educational systems, through the media control, okay, they have been brainwashing people to the direction they want to see for, for decades, for decades. And Chinese people, what they learn from those uh, state-owned medias in, in the past, they, they know may not be true, but they don't know what is wrong. For instance, the Shanghai is locked down. The media still say there's a surplus of food to everybody, but the, in reality, it's not the case. Okay, there's a big difference of the, the reality and the, what uh, being said in, on the media. So uh, Chinese people generally, they know they, they don't know everything. They want to know more about it. So whenever there's a chance to get through the anti-blockage firewalls or come out to China, they want to learn more about it. And the, 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 the trade-on center is to provide, number one is to provide, help them to understand more about that. You see in most of the, uh, the sightseeing place with uh, Chinese tourists, you will see uh, people, uh, the volunteers, holding the posters or the banners or, or the pictures showing what's going on in China. And their Chinese tours, they had an interest to, 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 to see. Another service is to help people to post the statements. Okay, uh, Younger people may not need it. They can post them themselves. Uh, senior citizens, uh, particularly those people who live outside the city, may not be very computer savvy, and they are not very good about this uh, internet or the cell phones. So they need people to help them to post their public statements. Now, that are the volunteers is, is doing inside China or also outside for the overseas Chinese. So primarily these two systems. And Trade-On Center is to provide the service. It's really not to is really not to lead the movement. We follow the movement. What is happening for Chinese, and we are we are very encouraged and uh, and very happy to see the movement. More and more people uh, make their choice to to discard communism. Okay, to reject the communist party cultures, the violence, the deceptions, and to try to regain their conscious, uh, the traditional value. That's very encouraging. What, what portion of the people that are quitting are inside mainland China? Yeah, and we, we had a chance to do a number of analysis uh, in the past and try to trace back the IP address of the people who post the statements. And, 
And we found that uh, it's come out from all parts of China, the 30 provinces and autonomous regions from different locations inside China. Then from all walk of lives, there's no difference uh, of, of the religions or race or ethnic groups or social status. These are come from the mainstreams, all kinds of uh, uh, people putting the statements uh, on that. So, and that uh, IP address can be traced down. Okay, in general, well, uh, one of the reasons we are interested and in, we want to see whether there are people who are doing something bad about this movement, try to manipulate the data. We didn't find the evidence of that. So even though the number 394 million uh, may not be scientifically exact, okay, and we know that, and so, but uh, the, the order of magnitude of the numbers tell us something, give us hope that it is, it is the way of uh, Chinese people solving communist problems within. One thing you mentioned, which just struck me, is that there's this sort of, you call it, I think, a big distance between kind of reality and what's in the media in communist China. So that we, in the West, we've been seeing that distance also increasing <laughs> quite a bit. Um, so I guess, I mean, what is the lesson really of when that distance is big? There was a joke um, but uh, about the medias in China is that uh, people's daily newspaper, everything there will lie except the date of the newspaper. That was a joke, but that that's, that's, uh, tells that those are the information the government feed to the people. They want you to, to know this, not to know that. So it's uh, uh, the number one newspaper, the, the following other newspaper magazine follow that tone. So when something happens, you don't see a different opinions. Okay, like the way they report the uh, the pandemic, such as Shanghai City or others, they always uh, glorify the Communist Party, always correct, okay, glory and, uh, <clears throat> and doing something good for, to people. But what the, the screaming of from the balcony of <laughs> apartment buildings will never be reported, will never be reported there. Only if you are within the city, you know, and you are hungry, you don't have food, then you know this is true. But outside that, it's not reported. The censorship of the, of the information that the government feed to the, to the people, that, that, is very, very, that is very worrying and bad because those people will be brainwashed. Then they, in a sense, they support the government's doing something bad they don't know to its, to its own people, to the outside world. Now, I just can't help think, but the infrastructure of sorts, right? I mean, to be able to manage, to, you know, deliver tens of thousands of these withdrawals or, you know, quittings um, every day to the website. Um, you know, there is this great firewall of China, of course, right? So these things have to get through that somehow. So that there's some specific infrastructure required there. But then there's also, you know, these people that are, you know, basically talking to the, the people that are not internet savvy and so forth that are connecting. We're talking about what, like hundreds of thousands or 
how does this all look? Yeah, um, in, in recent years, because of the pandemic, um, the, the separations, uh, the, it's about average, uh, about 50,000 people uh, withdraw from these communist organizations every day. Like yesterday, I think it's 43,700, okay, it's a brave Chinese who renounced their tie with communists yesterday. So, so in the recent months, it's about uh, one and a half million Chinese every month. But there was a time before the pandemic, uh, like in 2016, 2015, there was m many more of that. It could be more than 100,000 people withdraw from the communist organizations every day. So in a sense, we have 86,400 seconds in a day. So, so pretty much is one Chinese quit the communist party every second. 24 hours around the clock. Like in recent months, it's about one Chinese withdrawal every two seconds. And that is a huge number of people. And this is, a, I think what people understand in the West is the people's choice. Right? People's choice is the most respectable and powerful. Uh, choosing to, uh, to withdraw from the party is people's choice of Chinese. No matter whether you know or you, you like or don't like, this this is the people's choice. You you should respect. You should give blessings. So, how many global service center to quit the CCP volunteers are there in China? Uh, if within China, we don't know because that's very risky things to identify volunteers, and uh, they are brave volunteers. Are spreading the truth and help people to post the statements. Uh, uh, we don't know, we don't want to know how many of them. Uh, the moment we know, the communists know too. So they will retaliate on the people. Uh, but, but I would think it's in the order of millions of uh, So basically you provide all the resources and these people grab these resources and how are, how are they getting through the firewall to able to, to get this stuff. Yeah, uh, there's uh, the big firewall they call Gold Shield Projects, right? It's uh, billions of dollars spent to raise the firewall. And there are, they are anti-blockage uh, software, all kinds of VM, VPNs, uh, particularly there's a free, uh, uh, the, the, the anti-blockage uh, technique like uh, UltraServe, like, like uh, OGate, like different thing that's, Chinese people can get it free, then, then the overcome the firewall to come out to get the information from the outside. Um, so presumably the with the CCP Center volunteers are actually helping people get access to this software to break through the firewall to gain access to you know broader information. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's not only in that kind of service uh, the the outside. Uh, uh, the, the volunteers are uh, arranging the phone call into China, the random phone call by machines uh, to call the random numbers. The volunteer has been doing that for more than a, 10 years. On the average, about, uh, uh, on the average about a half billion, 0.6 billion phone calls called every year. 
So what, what's in these messages? Yeah, those are the volunteer abroad, okay? Uh, there's a, the group of volunteers uh, making the phone call to Chinese inside China. The first uh, by the machine call. Mm -hmm. So the machine called the random numbers uh, and, and the, the play recorded the message of three minutes, five minutes mm -hmm. of certain part of uh, nature of communists or some crimes or something happening in China. Mm -hmm. And so Chinese are interested in listening too. Uh, Every year they made it about half billion such a call into China for more than 10 years, about 6 billion or 7 billion such a call into China. And the percentage of success is uh, about 27%. Means 27 out of 100, that phone call being picked up, they listened. Okay, then uh, some of them listened a short period of time and hang up, as one of them listens to the end. Then after the listening, there were choices that if you want to hear more, you punch one. If you want to withdraw from the party, you punch nine. If you want to talk with a real person, punch eight. Something like this as a choice. Mm -hmm. then, then the message sent back. And the, if um, many times, the, the, many times the people want to hear more, they punch the, the button that uh, want to talk with a real person, then the real person has the numbers to call, to call the person and talk and explain things in much longer period of time. Another case is uh, when <laughs> whenever Chinese come out and uh, doing tourism or doing some business or whatever, a study abroad, uh, they want to know more about things happening in China. So they are volunteers. You probably had a chance to see that too, so holding the posters or the, uh, the pictures or some things. At a, at a famous place where the Chinese tourists or Chinese people will go to see that. And after seeing that, some of them say, can I help you to withdraw from the party? The people say, yes, uh, then, then they would do that. And this, this kind of thing, particularly in Hong Kong, in Taiwan, in Korea, South Korea, are much more than the United States. But you can see some of that, for instance, in Washington, D.C., if you go to the, the Air and Space Museum, in front of the Air Space Museum, in the past more than 10 years, there are volunteers uh, putting the poster there. And the volunteer will help them if they want to withdraw, they will help them to post the statements. Things like this, um, uh, particularly in Hong Kong and Taiwan, uh, has helped so many Chinese withdraw the, the, the party from the outside. Uh, and Taiwan has a very good records of that. And in about 12 years, they have helped more than three, uh, three millions, more than three millions people of doing that. So, you know, this is obviously a very significant, what we call infrastructure, right? But for, the, for these robocalls, for the call center of people who pick up the personal calls, for uh, you know the people that go out to the famous sites and tourist destinations, um, so you know the the uh, the question always people ask in the West are so how is all this funded? The Global Service Center for Quitting the Communist Party is uh, a nonprofit organization NGO, okay, with five hundred one C the status, uh, receive donations. Uh, any anybody who support our our, 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 yeah, our philosophy, our, our deed, can donate. We have a website uh, 
uh, https semicolon slash slash global dot tweedang dot org. Tweedang spells T-U-I-D-A-N-G. So global dot tweedang dot org is our website in English. We also have much larger website in Chinese. So people can visit that website. On the front page, there's a green button uh, for donations. Mm -hmm. So we, the Trade Down Centers, very welcome people support our, uh, <coughs> our, our, our deed. But um, for the volunteers, nobody get uh, paid. It's all pure volunteering service. And so what's, what's their motivation? Why are they so? Because I have seen these people in many cities around the world and many sites. Yeah. And, you know, probably a lot of people wonder. Yeah, well, it's a, um, most of them are part-times. They use their extra times to, to, to do it. Uh, only, only Chinese who has been suffered from the, the, the different uh, injustice treatments, the persecutions of, under CCP, know that how important is the truth for Chinese and their willingness to spend time to help more fellow Chinese to understand about the facts or truths about China, about the CCP. So those volunteers are from all over the world try to help on that. Uh, and uh, m most of them are the Falun Gong practitioners, try to help that directly and indirectly to end the persecutions of Falun Gong community in China. And of course, you yourself are part-time because, you know, you were professor of mechanical engineering at Catholic University and the chair of the department for some years. Um, so people might wonder how you find the time to do all this. Yes, I, I have a regular job, normal job at the university. I've been, uh, as a professor, is doing uh, research and teaching. And particularly in recent years, I have served as department chairman of mechanical engineering for 14 years. I squeeze times to help as a volunteers. And once in a while, I donate the money too to help more Chinese understand, understand about the truth. Yeah, um, and most people have regular jobs, squeeze time to do it. So it's not a full-time commitment. Uh, the Tweedang Center welcome all kinds of help. Even one hour a day or five hours a week will be appreciated. Uh, that that's the situation that uh, there are retired people, okay, who can spend almost the whole days to do that. We we still it's all volunteering, okay. With there's things that no one get paid, and we we don't have funds to pay any volunteers. The so volunteers, the true volunteers. So this is a, I appreciate the chance to to be interviewing your programs to to raise the awareness of that. There were three uh, trade-down resolutions happening in, in our Congress. There's a Senate Resolution 232 was introduced to stand the solidarity with the participant, the volunteer of the trade-down movement. Soon after that, there was a House Resolution 416 um, by Congressman Tedas McCarter of Michigan. It's also tried to support, provide the moral, spiritual support to those participants and volunteers of the movement. The recent one, in the, the, right before the pandemic in 2018, 
There was a House Resolution 932 introduced by Congressman Dana Rauerbacher is to support this trade-on movement, to raise awareness, to say you are doing a good job. Okay, we, the free world applaud your brave uh, the, the deed then, uh, and uh, provide the support and try to see the good outcome from that. Well, and any final thoughts as we finish? Yeah, I think the uh, uh, the trade-on movement is uh, probably is the the largest and the longest uh, grassroots peace nonviolent movement in Chinese history. It's primarily about China. Primarily about how Chinese people try to break out the bondage from communism. Okay, it definitely means a lot to Chinese Chinese cultures, the land, and the people and society. But uh, when that when that may happen, okay, uh, that help people to see that China can be a, a country without communism, and that also has indirect impacts to neighboring country in China, uh, around China, in Asia, all the entire world. The communist uh, infiltrations or direct confrontations will be gone. We are very optimistic there could be a China, new China without communism, a new world without communism. Well, Dr. Sen, yeah, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show. Well, it's, 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 yeah, I'm very, very happy and uh, honored to join your program. Thank you all for joining myself and Dr. Nye here on this episode of American Thought Leaders. I'm your host, Yanya Kellek. We live in an era of censorship and disinformation, and it can be really hard to know what's true and what's false in this information climate. To get honest information and insights you can trust, join us on Epoch TV. You can sign up for your 14-day free trial at ept.ms slash freetrialyan. That's ept.ms slash freetrialjan. Thank you.